What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts of the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, are Tad the Side. And Tad, we talked about this in our last podcast episode. We sort of took a quick detour, talked about the college football season and a little very early glimpse at the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, but now we're jumping right back into the fantasy content because... Like we talked about in the last episode as well, this is sort of draft week, and next week is also draft week for a lot of people's fantasy leagues. A lot of people like to do it that week before Labor Day, and if your friends can all be corralled during the Labor Day weekend, Labor Day weekend is a perfect draft weekend for sure as well. So, if yeah, there's ever up- been if there's ever been anything defined as a Herculean task, it is corralling. I love that word, corralling yeah. no, it, your it's, entire it's exactly it league together on a draft date and a draft time. It is, as a league commissioner, it is the most annoying thing you will do all year. It's very true. It's very true. I used to be very, like, forgiving and trying to be accommodating to everybody in the league. But over the last couple of years, I was just like, yeah, this is the date you either make it or you don't make it. I really don't care. <laughs> like, I'm tired of exactly. Like I said, like making sure it works with his schedule, making sure it works with their schedule, making sure it works with their schedule. So I was just like, you know what? This is the date work around it. I planned this out like four weeks ago. So there's plenty of time for you to shift stuff around. <laughs> Especially like you said, since it's Labor Day weekend and everyone's like, well, my flight gets back at this time and my flight gets back at this time. You're like, you know what? Pick an earlier flight if it matters that much. Shut up. Like, it's just the worst. Well, so I do do one thing. So I don't plan it during the Labor Day weekend because I know people will possibly be traveling. I do it the weekend before. And then I'm like, you have nothing going on that weekend for the most part. So you need to be free pretty much. So that's the only little bit of like forgiveness I give as far as like, I won't do it over Labor Day weekend. I'll do it just the weekend before. So yeah, no excuses pretty much. See, and that's where I become that meme of like, are we the baddies? Because the only (laughs) problem with that is the weekend before, as I mentioned in our last episode, is it's my birthday so usually we actually are well, doing something issue, but just yeah. yeah yeah but that's the whole thing it's like so this has been a lifelong issue for me so it's just yeah my, my parents couldn't just wait another month yeah yeah so so selfish of course of course uh but yes we want to jump back into all the fantasy content because like we talked about with all the drafts coming up for all your respective leagues we want to make sure that you are up to date and you're prepared with all the great content that we're going to be giving you we already gave you a lot of great content and we're going to continue to give you great content and i mean just as always like please interact with us on our social media handles we're here to help you with all your various you know this is always impeccable yeah, so as we just make sure you interact with us. You see us down below. You got us on Twitter, our side 23. You got Tad and Tad's side 94. Show me how to let the side guys and, of course, on Instagram at the side guys as well. So interact with us. We had a FAQ episode a couple episodes ago where we asked, where we answered individual questions. So 
We maybe we didn't get to your question, but make sure you're doing that on social media because we will get to your questions through social media, through direct messages. Just add us whatever you want to do. It could be hyper personalized because I mean that's what our good friend Jay did as far as his league is concerned. He had some specific questions. It could be super broad too about how you feel about certain players. So, I mean, just please do because we want to. We keep saying this every single episode. We are here to help you win your respective leagues, whether that's a title, whether that's a trophy, whether it's a championship ring, just whatever it is, we are here to make sure that you are coming away as a champion of your fantasy football league. And in today's episode, Tad, we're sort of going to be combining a lot of great segments together, a little bit of real stuff, a little bit of fancy stuff. So we've got a good mixture here. We're dusting off an old classic that we haven't done in quite some time. This is going to be a Quickets episode. Fantasy edition. All right, Tad. So let's sort of jump into our topics here. I think we have to kick this off. I I know you're probably not going to be happy with this one, but we kind of need to kick it off with the most recent news, relevant news, and it'll be sort of fantasy related as well. The whole Jonathan Taylor situation. Like, I mean, this is just, I'm, I'm so surprised. Like, I mean, I texted you about this when... Jim Irsay was making comments about Jonathan Taylor when he was still happy, quote unquote, with the team about like how we're not going to sign him to an extension about how running backs shouldn't be getting paid that much or like, you know, something along those lines. I think you remember the quote probably a little bit better than I do. And then obviously we made the fun of the joke of like, he's rather save an orca whale instead of pay his running back. And then his running backs. We're not not bringing up the goddamn whale. We are not bringing up that stupid ass whale anymore. We will not. We will not. He did not free Willie. He killed Willie. Yeah, 100%. And then, obviously, there's rumors that Jonathan Taylor probably doesn't want to play in Indianapolis. And then, obviously, he requested a trade. And then, now, the Colts have actually given permission to seek a trade. There are some rumors flying around there. But just, Tad, I mean, just... Man, it has been rough for you. Like, I mean, just... I know... I think it was the other day. It was the four-year anniversary or five-year anniversary, whatever it was, of the Andrew Luck retirement. So, it's just like, it has not been a good week for you, my friend. (laughs) As a Colts fan, specifically. Uh, all right, so you made one key error, and that uh, that was a very good summary, um, something that I will show my students when I teach them summarizing. But you made one key error, my friend. You you said the wrong you said the wrong name. Okay, it's not Jim Ursay. It's dumbass one A. <laughs> okay, that's that's my mistake. I didn't know yeah, that was his legal no, name. It is. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, the, the Colts fan base have, have legally changed it to Dumbass 1A. I will get to Dumbass 1B in a bit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> First off, let's talk about that quote, because that was the, I think this is the quote you were talking about. That was one of the weirdest quotes I've ever seen, where they asked Jim Say like, well, Jonathan Taylor, he wants out now, and, you know, like, what's your response well, no, to that? No, no, this, this is actually to preface because that was at the same time that we got the news of like, you know, the Austin Eckler and putting, bringing everybody together in that zoom call. And then I think like literally the next day or maybe it was two days after we get this weird comment from Jim Ursay, which then obviously led to the domino effect to now Jonathan Taylor. Okay. So you're, you're right. talking about another quote. Uh, yeah. Honestly, he's made a lot of weird quotes. It's exactly. easy to I was about up. to say, I'm getting, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about that quote specifically. That one's six feet under in my memory at this point. Sure. Um, fair, and fair it's, it's one of those things, and, and to give our listeners a little, like, you know, insight, is before the episode, you say, like, all right, so you can, like, break down what actually happened here. Everybody already knows what actually happened. There's no, like, yeah. backdoor drama 
going on here is Jonathan Taylor went to them and said, I want money. Colts said no. And then the weird thing was the pup list thing. And yeah. no one really knows. Even I have yet to see a single Colts insider. And by the way, one of the best Colts insiders, shout out to him. If you are a Colts fan or interested in what's going on right now, follow Stephen Holder on Twitter. He is a great Colts insider. I've been following him for years now. He is plugged in. Even he's like, I don't know. Cause like it was, I, I think it was almost a if If I had to guess my, my most educated guess would be the Colts basically try to strong arm Jonathan Taylor and to be like, fine, you don't want to play. You're not allowed to play. It's like, I, I didn't break up with you. Or you didn't break up with me. I broke up with you. It's like kind of like that type of thing. And it's just like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. And that's, that brings me to dumbass one B, which is this idiot who should no longer have a job with his organization by the name of Chris Ballard. This guy has absolutely, you know what, for lack of a better word, he's fucked up every step <laughs> of the way. He is such a moron because Jonathan Taylor wasn't being a diva about this at all. He basically just said, hey, he even said a couple months ago, hey, I'll play, but I would like assurances that like, you know, down the road, I'm going to get that contract. And Ballard was like, nah, nah, yeah. Now nah. and, and finally JT was like, okay, well then I'm probably gonna want to trade. And Ballard was like, fine, then we'll put you on the physically unable reform list. How about that? Like, how is that gonna make the situation any better? Like, what in the world are you doing? Like, I do not blame Jonathan Taylor, and I. And this is very telling too. From what I've seen from Colts fan, uh, Colts fans, nobody is like anti Jonathan Taylor here. We're all like, what the hell are we doing? Like we we're again with that meme. We're like, are we the bad guys here? And it's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are absolutely the bad guys here. And it's just like, you know what? The Colts deserve every single thing that is coming. And by the way, in case people were wondering what I was looking up, speaking of the great state of the Colts, Anthony Richardson is out of the preseason game, six for seventeen. Yeah, it's a it's a very messy situation happening in Indianapolis right now. It's just like I don't understand it. But I think let's sort of give this a bit of a fancy spin here, but, Tad. But so, I mean, between the Colts and everything else going on, my alcohol budget is going to be through the roof this fall. <laughs> I'll try, you know, consume responsibly there, Tad. That's the only just, thing I'll so, say here. I and all the drive. listeners out there and watchers out there as well. Um, but obviously, you know, it's sort of come to a head now that Jonathan Taylor is seeking a trade and the Colts have given him permission to seek a trade. And so right now it looks like there's a strong rumor that Miami, the Miami Dolphins seem to be in strong discussion to acquire Jonathan Taylor. There's nothing finalized, but it seems like they sent an offer to the Colts. They rejected it, but they are still in negotiations to work out something. It seems like Jonathan Taylor wants to be in Miami as well. He said he's willing to take less money, even if it just facilitates a trade and then an extension later. So I mean, like that seems to be the strong lead right now as far as Did where he he's really going to that? land. Yeah, he actually said <laughs> the quote. Uh, but just in case, Tad, like maybe this is all just a little bit of smoke screen. These are deep rumors. Like, I mean, I know this is probably not an exercise that you want to participate in, but just where do you think is a good landing spot for Jonathan Taylor if you were to get traded? And then especially in a fantasy sense as well. Okay, this is a team he could go to where he will have his number put in the ring of honor. He could be a potential Hall of Famer by the time his career is over with this team and is the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know 
the smartest move. If I, I, I know, keep I know. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm going for the choke. Um, no, if he if he was to be traded, God, that even hurts to say. Um, I mean, exactly like what you said, it would be the Miami Dolphins, is because you look at what you know Shanahan or um, not Shan- the Shanahan system, excuse me, has done exactly. with thank you with um, you know running backs. And that's the thing too is like I've never seen a a system with such prolonged success. And it, I, I know people are going to go, oh, what about the West Coast system? What about, you know, I guess in the you know, college level, what about the air raid system? Yes, but those are variations of the system. What's going on in Miami is an almost exact clone of what's going on in San Francisco. The only difference is, and I know people are going to go, oh, this is a variation. This is, ice. well, not small, but it's quite literally long, but it's just one variation. And that is the deep pass. Miami loves the deep pass way more than San Francisco does. Anyway, my point being is Miami loves them some running game. And I've I've read a couple articles where people are like, oh, why would Miami be so interested? They already have such a crowded backfield. Okay, let's just assume this happens. Jeff Wilson is probably going to be a cult if this trade happens. Like, there's no way in it. Well, I shouldn't say that because dumbass 1B is, well... A dumbass. But if they execute this trade properly, one of those guys, either Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert, will be a cult to replace Jonathan Taylor. So that backfield is just just as crowded as it was when JT was not there. Difference is JT is far better than anyone currently on that roster. And you look at the, you know, Shanahan, again, that Shanahan style system under Mike McDaniel. The crowded backfields are bread and butter, baby. They make that work. That is their thing. If they don't have a crowded backfield, they're kind of screwed. And another important thing, too, to remember is Jonathan Taylor did struggle over the last couple, uh, not last couple, but over the last season with injuries. So that could take the pressure off him of like, hey, you don't have to be a workhorse anymore. You're our guy. But like when you're starting to feel a little banged up, especially later on in the season, we have plenty of guys to, you know, kind of help, you know, carry that workload for you. So I think he would be an absolute dynamite addition for Miami, especially, I, I mean, could you imagine Dolphins fans being like, oh, we didn't kick Dalvin Cook. Wait, what just happened? And like that is like, oh my right. Lord. It's a good consolation prize by 100%. Like, I mean, just no question about good that. Consolation. Like, That's not even consolation prize. That's like breaking up with your girlfriend and then all of a sudden you start dating like an SI swimsuit model. And you're like, oh, all right. All right. Yeah. That, that no. worked out surprisingly well. I don't know how that happened, but worked out well. And you know what? How it happens is how it always happens. Because one man was a complete idiot. <laughs> And it's actually funny because it seems like Miami is pretty serious in the running back market because there's actually a rumor going out there that they were trying to trade for Josh Jacobs. I saw that. Las Vegas I saw Raiders. that. And, and, the Raiders, and the Raiders told them would just like go fuck themselves, basically. Yeah, the Raiders are just like, no, that's not happening. We're hanging on to Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, it seems like they're pretty serious players. And clearly, we'll see exactly how this all plays out. Um, I'm going to give you two landing spots. I'll give them pretty quickly here. Um, I'm going to, I talked about this tad before. We talked about this off air, not on the podcast here, but. The Baltimore Ravens, like, I mean, they're built on running the football, That'd especially so with the cool. quarterback that they have, Lamar Jackson. Um, Chad, 
here's a funny thing. They haven't had a true running back probably since Ray Rice back in the early 2010s. And if you look at their last 1,000-yard rusher, they had Mark Ingram in 2019. He had 1,018 yards, so he barely qualified for it. But here, you have to go back further for, like, a true 1,000-yard receiver. Justin Forsett. Remember, he was a Raven for a year. Wow. Um, Justin Forsett had 1,266 yards back in 2014 for the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, that's a possibility as far as, like, yeah, that's how far back we have to go there. Um, I mean, you just add Taylor to that backfield with dangerous combo with him and Lamar Jackson. Like, I mean, offenses better watch out. We talked about this. The AFC North is built on strong defense and running the football. You add Jonathan Taylor to that mix. Absolutely dangerous offense there. And then the other one. Wait, wait, real quick. Justin okay. Forsett, uh, what college? I was, on, I, was on, I was on the wrong coast with my guess. So I'm going to say Oklahoma State. Yeah, you're you closer than i was geographically uh he went to cal apparently cal- oh yes yes i remember that now i remember that now um i'm actually gonna stick to the west coast with my second team here and i'm gonna actually say the los angeles rams now they made big trades in the past before because I mean, you have to remember they traded for jalen ramsey they traded for matthew stafford they traded for vaughn miller now i will say the caveat was that they were closer to contention during that time when they made those trades. Right now, they're sort of in a bit of a rebuilding, retooling mode. I don't know how you want to label it there. But honestly, they could use some help with the running game. I know we're big fans of Cam Akers here on this podcast, but Jonathan Taylor's an upgrade over Cam Akers. And I'm pretty sure if you make a trade for that guy, you already have a pretty good relationship with the guy. So I mean, that's automatically going to be a lot better. You upgrade that offense. I do know they have to work some cap magic. They have about like roughly 10 million in cap space right now. But if they were to trade for him, I'm pretty sure they could work out the cap logistics to acquire this guy and give him an extension because absolutely they could use an extra boost, uh, boost, excuse me, on that offense outside of Cooper Cup. So, Los Angeles Rams could be a very dark horse sleeper. Two things about the Rams. One, uh, one, I am so convinced that they can make the cap work in their favor in any way that they could get LeBron James's current contract on their books and still make it work somehow. I mean, look at the uh, Chiefs; they, they find a way to sign everybody under the sun and still keep a half a half a billion it's dollar ridiculous. quarterback on their roster. So it is possible. It is possible. It is absolutely possible. Uh, two, actually, I as a Colts fan, I wouldn't mind that because again. What, what I wouldn't mind that if this would be the trade is Acres plus picks. Like Acres is not a bad running back bad to all. take as a consolation. See, that's a consolation prize right there. But like you said, not a bad consolation prize at all. Final team I will talk about as a good landing spot. Um, honestly, if he is going to get traded, this is the team I hope he gets traded to because this would be really cool. The Buffalo Bills. And uh, it feels like one of those moves, you know, when you, you watch, I don't even know if it's still on anymore, but like those old America's game, uh, Amer- yeah, America's game, America game, whatever. Those America's old like game, yeah. America's game. Okay. Um, where they were like, yeah, we were struggling. We were close. Then we brought this guy in and like, it's a guy, like it's his uh, interview. And he's like, yeah, so I came in. And I basically won it for him. And it's awesome. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be this move because they have been so close for just like that close and like the wildest things have happened so they need to make a drastic move to overcome it now it was funny because at first i was like but what draft capital do they have because indianapolis since they know their draft capital is probably going to be higher uh will ask for more since you know their picks are going to be or i guess lower uh we really need to figure out you know what we're going to do there um but it was interesting so i actually looked up the bills uh draft capital 
they have a third round compos- compository. Is that how you say it? Compository. Yep. Compository pick uh, from the NFL because they lost Tremaine Edmonds. Compensatory, so they have little, not compository. Compensatory. compensatory. I knew it. Because it's compensation. I knew when I was writing that note. I knew when I was writing that note. I knew it sounded wrong too, but I was like, no, I guess it is compository. And that was my thing too. I was yeah. like, but how else do you pronounce it? Say compensatory. compensatory. Yes. Compensatory. Damn it. Ah, well, they have an extra third round pick because <laughs> they lost Ben Edmonds. <laughs> and um, that means they have a little bit of draft capital burn. So I would take like James Cook, a uh, third round pick and a fifth round pick. All right. JT wants out. I'll take it. And plus it would, it, that if they land him, I am truly convinced Buffalo bills winning their first super bowl ever, ever this year. Yeah. That's a very logical explanation. It's a very logical thing that can happen too, if they do acquire him. So yeah, we'll see how this whole Jonathan Taylor drama plays out. Hopefully Tad, I'm hoping this return. whole thing is just a, a stupid smoke screen up both sides. That is that's like, obviously I, the I'm ultimate hope, the Hail Mary here. That's the ultimate hope for you, obviously. But yeah, if it does end up transpiring, then it gets traded. Hopefully you get a pretty good draft package in return for him. So we'll see how that all plays out, but let's sort of jump into, you sort of talk about America's game. Let's sort of look back at some of the, you know, uniforms that are sort of making a comeback in this year's season because there's a lot of teams out there that are making some retro uniform choices this year some of them are good some of them are bad um, some teams are also making just helmet changes as well so let's go through chad really quickly i hate to pile on here but let's start with your colts here uh they're oh, going with uh, right, they're going with these uniforms called indiana knights so it's a all black you know, helmet with the blue horseshoe logo and then they're going to be wearing all blue uniforms honestly i don't mind the blue uniforms as much it's the helmet with the blue that's really? just like no nah, this doesn't okay. work for me it doesn't work for me at all so overall not a fan and well, first what off, the hell Indiana Knights is like that's. I was just idea. about to say that. I was just about to say. I have never even our, heard of Indiana Knights before. Like, just our no. commenters, please leave us like where that came from, because I've literally I've been a Colts fan since 2006, and right. I've never once heard that at all. Yeah, I yeah I just. So I'm glad you said it was the combo though, because I'm actually kind of flipped. It's like I actually really okay. like the helmets, the black like helmets. The helmets I love those. I thought those were really cool. Those jerseys are god awful. Okay. The, the the black outline, like the the black and blue, it's just too dark a blue. That that combo doesn't work. Sure. Sure. Helmets I like, although I would prefer just go like redo those old. You remember when they went throwback in the Peyton Manning days with like the blue helmets and like yep. you know the white. Just do those again. Like what? Uh, yeah. So once again, the Colts fuck up. Like d- <laughs> dumbass one, dumbass one A and dumbass one B. Once again, screw up. Literally the easiest thing to do in the world. All right. So let's get to another team that I'm not a huge fan of, the Arizona Cardinals. So they revamped all of their uniforms. Uh, They got the red uniforms that they took out the stripings like underneath the uh, armpits here. So all this white is gone. It's just pure red. So it just like it looks very plain and boring. It's not anything exciting. The white uniforms and the black alternate uniforms, they keep pretty much that same styling, but they do have stripes across the sleeves. It's very reminiscent of Ohio State. And I was just like, yeah, if you're trying to copy a college that's sort of saying something, like it just doesn't look all that great. So overall, I'm not a huge fan of the revamp. So uh, first things first, you are not the first person who's told me that. I'm like, that looks like Ohio State. I don't see that. I, I, you okay. people need to watch more Ohio State. I guess so, but it's just like, it's very, like, it's not exactly a duplicate, but it just, it reminds me automatically of just like, oh, this is very Ohio State-esque. Okay, fair, and I will say this. This is why it doesn't remind me of Ohio State, because Ohio State actually has something on their jerseys. Like, if you've never seen the Cardinals' new retro jerseys, it's just nothing. 
It's not. It's like the base of when you create your own uniform in Madden. That's legitimately yeah. what it looks That's like. That's the red uniform. At least the white, the black. Like I said, it has the striping, so it sort of separates a little bit. But overall, yes. it's not anything too exciting. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just so boring. And now, and like my opinion is just like I always tell my students this: like if you don't know the answer to a question, just guess. Like I can like maybe give you partial credit on something if you just go for it. But like if you just leave the answer blank, I can't grade that. I cannot grade nothing. Colts at least swung for the fences. I appreciate them actually yeah. trying something new. The Cardinals were just like, colors, colors. Yeah, all right, that's good. Like, God bless that. It's Nike, right? God bless that Nike guy that may, probably made a bank load off literally just like doing that old paint fill thing from the 90s. Essentially, that's that's exactly what it looks like. So, yeah, not a huge fan of the Arizona Cardinals. The Titans, they're bringing back oh, powder blues from the 80s. Like, these are just sensational. I love these uniforms with the classic Oiler logo as well with the oil derrick or whatever you want to call it. The powder blues, I mean, just chef's kiss. Like, these are fantastic uniforms. Yeah, those were the best ones. <laughs> it's hard when it's in your own division, right? It's so uh, hard. It's so yeah. hard because they're rivals. But like, goddamn, the the second they released that video where it showed like the oil spill on the yep. jerseys, I'm like, yep. I'm gonna love this, aren't I? And yeah. then they released, I'm like, yeah, I love it. I was like, damn it, these are these are fantastic. I love the th- classic throwbacks. They did a great job there. So yeah, not much to talk about there. The Buccaneers, they're bringing back the uh, creepsicle uniforms and uh, Bucko Bruce on the helmet as well. So. Dad, I think you're not as huge fan of the Creepsicles. I love them. I think they're a great look as well. So I'm a huge fan of the Creepsicles. I do like the Titans a little bit more. That retro look is a little bit more my favor. But I do like the Creepsicles as well. It's a good look. I just don't like the color orange. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Ever since I was a kid, it's just something about the color orange, which is weird, actually, because uh, actually the Broncos orange jerseys. I like the darker orange. It's bright sure, orange bugs fair. me for some reason. Sure. Notice how we picked the darker orange up top. Um... But yeah, I mean, they're not bad. And I'm, I'm going to say this for another team's, uh, I actually think two other teams' uh, jerseys in a bit, but jerseys are fine. I don't hate them. Don't love them. Fine. Whatever. Cream schools are back. Yay. Whatever. Um, Bucko Bruce being back is great. That is a great helmet. I do love Bucko Bruce. That is a great helmet. I can't say one. anything bad about it. With the dagger in his mouth, I yep, love that. Yep. That's a good look. I love that one. I love that logo. Um, all right. Let's get to our next uh, team here, the New York Jets. So they're actually bringing back their all-white look from the 70s as well, their classic green but they're not going to be doing yeah exactly but they're not going to be doing like the color jersey it's going to be the all white look with the retro logo retro midfield so it's a pretty good look but i would have preferred if they went with the green jersey so you get that sort of like uh bright green sort of classic look that the jets sort of bring instead of like just the all white where you don't see it as much so it's a good look but uh, yeah i wish they would have gone with the uh, home jerseys as opposed to the away jerseys 100 agree that's my exact take is like the jerseys are fine cool yeah, they look like throwback jerseys, but I'm glad those helmets are back. They they are pretty nice helmets for sure. Those are green helmets too. So yeah, those are pretty yeah, nice there. Well, yeah. Um, let's get to the Seattle Seahawks next. As much as I hate the Seahawks, Tad, so they have some cool retro They're uniforms. So good. These are pretty nice. They're so I like good. them so much. Like, especially the green, too, because a lot of people make fun of the neon green with their current uniform set with the, the dark green. blue. I, I hate the neon green, especially when they did their color rush. I love those. Green. Yeah, I, I like, love those. I love They were atrocious. No, they were terrible. atrocious, but that's why they were so great, is because they were just so <laughs> unapologetically like, we were oh going to dive headfirst in this. So and just like, oh, I love those. Those are my all time favorite Seahawks. Oh my gosh, just so bad. The only thing worse was when the Rams did the color rush and they went all yellow. Like that was pretty gross. Those were bad. Too. No, those were bad. No, no, no. no. I, all right, I'll one up you there. 
The okay. Jaguars color rush. You remember when it was like the sewer gold? Like it looked like sewer. Oh water? yeah, that, those that was, were bad. That was those pretty were awful bad. too. That was pretty awful too. But so this green though, with the like the basic blue royal blue whatever you call it and a little bit of the gray like this is so much of a nicer look i love the retro eagle uh seahawks logo excuse me a lot better than their current one too so i mean just overall this is a very nice look but just god i hate that it's a seahawks <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. you're feeling with the titans it's just like god it looks so you're, good yeah no i know exactly I, what you're, I know exactly what you're saying it's just like all right well those awesome looking jerseys are gonna be running all over us as well oh, that's not what you're feeling luckily but uh <laughs> But no, it was funny, yeah, because they released it, it I don't know, a month or two before uh, the uh, Titans released theirs. And I'm like, no one's out doing Seahawks. Yeah. And then the Titans said, hold my beer. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's get to the next team here. The uh, Minnesota Vikings. They're doing a throwback to the purple people eaters uniform. So it's more of the dark purple with the yellow stripes and the white in the middle there. So I like the darker purple better than the purple that they have right now. So I'm a fan of these uniforms more than their current uniform set. But overall, just uh, replicating their previous look. It's a good look with the white pants sort of like reminiscent of like the Randy Boss, Chris Carter era too. So it's like if you remember that as opposed to like the purple people eaters defense back then. So I like it. It's not bad, but yeah, overall, I like the dark purple compared to the purple that they have right now. So that's why I'm more of a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad at all. And that's just up to personal preference, brighter, darker. Personally, I like brighter a little bit more, but sure, if you like darker, okay. Uh, my thing is, they, again, they just didn't really do anything with it. I'm like, cool, it's your uniforms right now, but darker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like that's a whole problem with like, I love the fact that they did that a couple years ago. Like, Hey, we're basically like we're modern. I think that was the best NFL redesign of the last like 15 years uh, in terms of jerseys of like, Hey, we're like kind of modernizing our jerseys, but we're also going back to the classic. Like the way they combined that was great. But the problem is that when you do throwbacks, you're like, it's not okay. This is your Jersey. Okay. Yeah. It's not that different for sure. For sure. Um, next team that we're going to get to the last that actually changed their uniforms as well. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Tad, I'm a huge fan of these retro uniforms. Like, they're one of my all-time favorite uniforms across all four leagues. Is that like, a nostalgic like, thing for you? Color, you just, what's that? Is that, like, a nostalgic thing for you? Or is it, like, a, like I, I'm intrigued. Because you have mentioned this several times on the podcast. Yeah, it might be a nostalgic thing for me, too. But just, like, I like the green look and the gray pants. I got I like the flying eagle as opposed to, like, this yeah. giant eagle head that they have right now. Like, I like this logo so much better. And just, like, overall, it's just such a clean look that just i'm so glad that they brought him back a uh, good buddy of mine friend of the show victor campa he actually just bought that style jersey with the jalen hurts number so i mean he's going to be set to go for this upcoming season but yeah so, yep. i'm a huge fan of these like this and the titans like it's head to head as far as which one i like better but i'd probably give the slight edge to the eagles he's gonna be good to go for the next upcoming decade because that man is a monster sure. i don't know i don't know if you saw but his very first nfl snap in the preseason he almost yeah. sacked the quarterback like that oh <laughs> Good lord. Um, no, I mean, I will say this kind of like what you says. I hate the Eagles' current jerseys, like actual, like, you know, updated jerseys. I yeah. think they're up there with one of the worst ones in the league. It screams of like early 2000s. I'm shocked they haven't. Well, that's when it looked nice in the early 2000s. Then it just but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, okay, it was cool back then, but like update it now. And for some reason, 20 years later, they're just like, nah, we're good. Um, so anything to get away from those, especially, I love what you said about like that. Just get that giant eagle head the hell off your yeah, uniform, especially on the sleeves. Yeah. Ugh, that's awful. So I don't love them as much as you do, but like, yeah, it's definitely improved. 
yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the last the last couple of teams that we have here, they just made helmet change, not full uniform chains. So we got the Broncos. They got their uh, classic uh, uniform helmets with the giant D and the snorting Bronco. I believe that's what they call it. And then instead of like their dark blue that they've done, I think last year, it's all white. So it's got the wild, yellow, or sorry, orange D, the snorting Bronco, and then it's all white. And then they're going to be wearing with the dark uniforms, though. So it's a pretty good look. But I think just I the like white it. with the darker uniforms, I'm not a huge fan of that. Oh, see, I'm okay. I actually like the white with the darker uniforms. Like, shake it up oh. a bit. I just hate that logo, man. And I know this is a hot take. A lot of people seem to like it. But it looks like the horse just got back from vacation on my, uh, from Miami. And he just, like, sneezed going through airport security. And just everything he was trying to smuggle yeah, through. Just comes through like I never understood that look. I do not think yeah. that is good at all. That's fair. That's fair. Not a huge fan. Not a lot of people are a huge fan of the Snorting Bronco. But if you're a Broncos fan, you absolutely love that look. Also, be sure to check out based off that two years from now, the sequel to Cocaine Bear, Cocaine Bronco. <laughs> Uh, let's get to the Lions. Your dad's team here. They actually unveiled a new helmet for them. They got the all blue with the very old school. Like, I think this is from the very 60s, if I remember correctly. Like, that I lion. I think it's older than the, that. Is it older than that? It might I'm, be older I'm on than it. That. I'm it's on like, it. You describe it to our listeners. It's on. like the gray lion, and then there's two vertical stripes right behind him. It's the uh, Detroit Lions blue, and then the Detroit Lions gray. So, I actually like this helmet. I know a lot of people were ripping it, but it's like, they don't use this logo a lot. Like, honestly, when they wear their Thanksgiving throwbacks, it's just a solid helmet, and then they're solid uniforms, right? So, it's like, I like that they're leveraging this old logo, because they haven't done that, like, honestly, in a long time. So, it's like, I like that they're sort of bringing back that sort of era with this helmet. It's all blue it's gonna look nice with the gray uniforms or their blue uniforms like overall huge fan of it uh 1950s according to my very 50s okay yeah yeah so So, earlier than i said yeah yeah um i like it i need to look up the story behind the two uh two lines that's the only thing that like yeah the two stripes i'm like what's the point behind that but i agree i'm like okay you know what it's different i'm always down let's try something different if it doesn't look great on tv cool move on and then the last one, it's the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to be debuting a all-white helmet with their brown and orange stripe right down the center. They're going to be pairing these with their all-white uniforms, which they unveiled in the 2021 season. So this whole combination has not been shown before. But yeah, I don't think it's not a bad look, but a lot of people are sort of upset that it's sort of copying what the Bengals did last that year. That is with such their a dumb complaint. Snow Tiger lo- look or whatever, right? Where it's just like, they're like, well, they're essentially copying us and they're in the same division. So it's like, what the hell are you guys doing sort of thing? So I think it should be a pretty good look but yeah you got a little bit of discrepancy there with like copying your own divisional teammate there divisional team there dumb complaint uh i I love the helmet i think the helmet's a great little shake up because they've had the same helmet for what like 80 years now 90 years um the one thing i don't like is they're going back to those uh early like what or early 2020s i think they even revealed them late 2010s jerseys with those stupid like uh where they almost try to make the numbers look 3d yeah. Uh, with those like orange outlines, like those are terrible. I, the Johnny Manziel, when they first drafted yep. uh, David mm-hmm. Njoku to like that era, I hated those jerseys at the time. They should have died because the Browns went back to their classics. Is that last year or two years ago? And now that they're bringing these back, I'm like, ah, I hate those jerseys though. No, that's fair. That's fair. So those are all the uniform changes. Tad, I think uh, we could post some of those on our social media handles so that you can sort of see. Are we allowed to? All I, don't the changes wanna, I don't want to get taken off Twitter again. 
Well, if it's just a repost from somebody else posting, yeah, I don't think there's any harm in that, right? So there we go, loophole, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Ted, let's get to our next segment here. It's the fantasy football. We're talking about this is the draft weekend for some people, or next week being a draft uh, weekend for some people. Let's sort of go through our respective top fives as far as how you think the top five is going to shake up for your various respective leagues here. So, Tad, I'm going to pass the baton here to you. Just how do you see the top five shaking out? Just like what are your personal rankings there? Okay, so I'm glad you said that because I this is not how I see the top five ranking, yeah. uh, you know, shaking out. But this is how I see as you know was the case with our player rankings. This is how it should be. Okay. So I'm just going one through five. Yep, go through it. Uh, all right, let's do it. All right, number. <laughs> well, I'm sure you and I have number one at the same, Siri. Right? This this is the one, buddy. I'm feeling it. We got it. We got it. Eyes on me. I the tiger. I the tiger. We got it. We got it. Faith, faith. We all right. One. Two, three, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. I told you. I just, we are I never going to nail this. Good no, Lord. we're not. I don't this know why you keep like, trying. We're this not is going like, to do it. You know, I feel like I'm calling you on one of those old telephones with a thing to your ear, and I got like hold it up to my mouth. Like, good God. All right. Anyway, yes. So we both agree uh, Christian McCaffrey, which we will touch on later, is far and away the guy to go after in fantasy football drafts this year. At number two, I have Austin Eckler. Okay. So I think that he is pissed off. He's in a great yeah. offense. He is a dual threat. And you gotta, you know, you gotta get that top tier. And I don't mean like top tier, like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. I mean like ultimate tier running back if he's available there. So especially if you're in a snake draft, you're number two, go for Austin Eckler. At number three, this is where I see a lot of people's number two going is Justin Jefferson. He's good. But again, I feel like it's easier to find a sleeper receiver to make up that difference than it is to find a sleeper running back. Um at number four, I'll be interested to see your reaction here. Patrick Mahomes. See, you're so quarterback friendly that I kind of expected something like this. I am. But I am. It's, a little, it's still a little bit of a shock to me. Yeah. Number they four. are the highest scores, and I do not trust any other elite quarterbacks to remain consistently healthy, except for maybe Josh Allen. All right. I mean, think about it. Joe Burrow. I'm convinced like slept with one of his offensive linemen's wives or something because they seem to want him to get hurt. Like Joe Burrow is constantly running for his life. So I don't trust him to last me a full season. So great. Now I have to worry about, you know, another quarterback. Um, that w- Sh- Lamar Jackson. I mean, don't even give me a start on that. You all called me crazy for saying he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback. Look at that. He wasn't top 10 quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, fair sleeper, but also if you take him at number three or number four, you may be clinically insane. So you, it's just so hard to find that consistency at quarterback that I think Patrick Mahomes' value is actually weirdly undervalued. And in a lot of leagues, he should be going first overall. So the fact that you get him at four, once all the truly elite guys are gone, 100%, go for that. And number five, Talking about elite guys, I don't trust Joe Burrow, but I do trust this Bengal, and it's Jamar Chase. No matter who's throwing that guy the ball, you know he is going to get you either a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, or best case scenario, both. Fair, fair. And this is where we were sort of talking about this before the podcast as far as like, can we get enough for this segment? It's like, our rankings are going to differ. So yes, 100% we're going to get a lot from this segment for sure. So yeah, I'm going to go with my top five here. So at the same very top of the position, number one, we both have Chris McCaffrey. No argument there. He's probably going to be one of the best running backs in fantasy football this year. And number two, this is where we have a little bit of a swap. So where you had Austin Eckler, this is where I have Justin Jefferson. So I can see a little bit of the interchange here where it's like, you know, you want to take the second best running back in 
playing fantasy football most likely. Like you said, in a very loaded offense, he's going to be dynamic in that offense. Hopefully to get that payday in the offseason. Well, hopefully in the season with the Los Angeles Chargers, which I think is where he wants to stay. But for me, Justin Jefferson, just like you were saying with Patrick Mahomes, the consistency is there. We've seen it season in and season out. He's playing in a good offense. We're playing, we talked about this before. Kirk Cousins in a contract year. He's going to want to air it out. I think another, another year in Kevin O'Connell's system is just going to be that much more explosive. We talked about Jordan Addison pairing up with him, more dynamic threat on the other side. So yeah, 100%. I love Justin Jefferson at number two. I can see Austin Eckler though, but for me, I got him at number three. So just going one spot later. This at number four though, this is where I have Jamar Chase. Like I said, for me, I just, like I said, maybe I'm more of the traditionalist, but just hard for me to envision quarterbacks going in the top five, even though everything you said makes a ton of sense. For me, it's just like, I see that there's other quarterbacks that I can get good value on later. And these positions specifically where you get these top level running backs, these top level wide receivers, uh, the, the drop off, I think is a little bit more severe with the running backs and wide receivers. So that's why it's harder for me to justify taking a quarterback here. And then here at number five, this is where I may have a little bit of a controversial take as well. Maybe not that controversial, but I got Travis Kelsey. At number no, five what is wrong with you? <laughs> and this what is, is wrong with you? Pretty much everything that you laid out with Patrick Mahomes, like Travis Kelsey is just so consistent at the position. We've talked about this so many times already on the podcast that just the tight end position is just an absolute crapshoot. It's a wasteland. It's whatever you want to call it. It's just hard to predict the position as far as two through ten. But at number one, you can always count in and count on Travis Kelsey to perform at his best. He is pretty much the sole offensive weapon in that offense. Hopefully some other players are going to emerge, but when Patrick Mahomes needs to make a crucial pass, make the big needs to make a crucial touchdown, convert a crucial third down, he is always going to be looking at Travis Kelsey's way, so that's why I got him at number five. Okay, the crapshoot argument is just factual. I can't argue against that. <laughs> but part of that crapshoot argument, I can turn it against you though, is the fact that you will get a sleeper guy that will still land you in the top 10 because it happens every year. I believe we did an episode on this where every year there uh, there's at least one guy who like came, comes out of nowhere, lands you in the top 10. So I understand this because I did say in an episode a couple weeks ago with Travis Kelsey, when you draft a tight end, you dra- you're really drafting a receiver. But... Yep. If you are of that mindset, you're drafting a low-end receiver. I said that in terms of should you take Kelsey in the first round at all. You are taking him top five. Yeah, You Norman Bates-level psycho. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that's where our top fives differ there. But yeah, it's going to be interesting how they all shake out for sure. Now... We sort of made some bold proclamations with our top fives there with you and Patrick Mahomes at number four, me and Travis Kelsey at number five. But we've done a lot of bold predictions, Tad, in our position-specific episodes. We did one for the quarterbacks. We did one for the running backs, the receivers, and the tight ends. So make sure you turn back to those episodes or those articles. They're on our uh, LEFB Network's website as well. We have all those bold predictions there. But, Tad, let's get the viewers and the listeners one more bold prediction each for the fantasy football season what is your fifth and possibly final bold prediction for the 2023 season? Final bold prediction. Get out of here. Uh, so, Mur, I, I think... Possibly. That's a possibly. Yeah, yeah, big possibly. Um, I think you may need someone to come and check on me in a couple days because between, and they are lovely, lovely children, but they are children, you know, all the same. Yeah. Between dealing with children all week, Dealing with 110 degree heat. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. I know. Dealing with a cat that tries to attack my feet while I am recording. Yeah. And dealing with all this Jonathan Taylor bullshit. (laughs) I do. The fact that the St. Louis Cardinals are terrible this year, too. Oh, how dare you? (laughs) Literally, salt salt in the wound. But I I really think I might be losing my mind. And here's why. Because in one episode on this beloved podcast of mine, 
I'm about to compliment both the Titans and the Jaguars. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Like I said, have someone come check on me in a couple days because it's just <laughs> there 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 might be something very wrong. Um at least you're not Here's my trifecta bowl. with complimenting the Texans, too. Like. Oh, I would never. I would never. <laughs> well, first of all, I could, I could never. They make it literally impossible. But, I might have to um, check you in if you do hit the trifecta. I, I, would, I would die before I compliment anything in Houston. Oh, gosh. Hurricane. No, I shouldn't make that joke. Anyway. <laughs> my bold prediction is that, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Even for me, that's, that's crossing the line. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars will have a player in the top 10 at the end of the season, at, at let me clarify, at the at every skill position. So I'm, I'm ruling okay. out defense and kicker, IDPs, okay. all that. I'm ruling that out. But I think quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, will finish top 10. Okay. Running back, James Robinson will be there. And receiver, James um, Robinson. Christian, not James Robinson. Who am I? Uh, Travis Etienne, excuse me. <laughs> there you um, go. Ooh, James hello. Robinson, member of the New York Giants, if I remember that's, correctly. That's that's what what actually, I just found that out yeah. you know, today or yesterday. I was like, see, he popped up on my news field. Like, James Robinson's a giant. Um, that's too funny. I typed in James Robinson in my notes. I was like, this feels weird. And that's exactly why. But, he's okay. not there anymore. Exactly. So, uh, and then obviously Evan, Ing- so Kirk or Ridley in the top 10, either one of them. And then Ingram or how about this for a bull take? Both of them. Hey, uh, and then Evan Ingram wow. in the top 10 at tight end. So Trevor Lawrence, he finished as the eighth best quarterback last year with Calvin Ridley here now. It's his second year in the system that he already proven he's good in. So I, there's no reason to expect Trevor Lawrence to be any worse. Now, this was a surprising statimer. I looked up how far away Travis Etienne was, uh, was from being the number 10 running back. He's only 26 points away. That's not wow. bad. That's yeah, that's yeah, like two. Bad at all. Yeah, yeah. That's two like good games away. So he was like right there, which tells you like how tight that running back race is. But it means hey, a couple more good games. There you go. Uh, now, I'm, oh god, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, that rookie they just drafted at Auburn, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. Um, he worries me a little bit. Not gonna lie, but I don't think he's gonna be enough of a t- uh, touchdown vulture to really hurt Etienne's uh, stats. Now, realistically, do I actually think Ridley and Kirk are going to be in the top 10? No. But whichever one ends up being uh, Trevor Lawrence's favorite, absolutely. I think he'll be in there. And then with Evan Ingram, I think his reception and his uh, yard numbers will go down. But you know what will go up, which is the key to tight ends, being the like that guy that year, I think his tight end or his uh, touchdown numbers are going to go up. Because he only caught four touchdowns last year, and I think that was because he was the biggest guy. You know, they had Kirk on the outside. It was like, okay, put our number one guy on him. And they were like, focus on uh, Ingram then. Now that Calvin released in there, they're spending the offense out more. I think he'll be a better red zone target. So, yeah, I think this is very possible. The only ones that worry me is exactly like I said, Travis Etienne with Tink Bixby there. Like, I know he'll get all of the uh, receiving work as far as being the uh, dual, uh, as far as being the passing back in that offense. But, yeah, Tink Bixby, like what I've seen in preseason, he's been looking pretty solid. If he, he can see a lot of those running, rushing touches from him, that's where I can see some of his value dipping, and then he may fall outside the top 10. And then for me, like, I'm just wondering if Evan Ingram's just going to dip too much and, you know, the involvement of Calvin Ridley and, like I said, Christian Kirk having another solid year uh, that could possibly worry me too as far as like that would mean less involvement for Evan Ingram then so he worries me about not finishing in the top 10 too but overall 100% agree with you on Trevor Lawrence 100% agree with you with either Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley I'm siding more with Calvin Ridley compared to Christian Kirk but yeah Etienne and Evan Ingram worry me a little bit more there as far as finishing the top 10 but that's why it's a bold prediction that's why you got to be a little bit bold there so I'm gonna go with my poll prediction I'm playing the Homer card probably for the first time in quite some time here 
Christian McCaffrey, who you said is going to be your fantasy MVP this coming season. 100%. 100%. He is going to have a 1,000-1,000 season for the second time in his career and be the only player to do that so far. And in case you don't know, 1,000-1,000 season pretty much means 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. It's basically, for you baseball fans out there, it's basically the triple crown of football. Yeah, very, very true. So, Tad, he is one of, currently, he is one of three players that has accomplished that feat. Do you think he can name the other two? Really quick pop quiz. You said three, you said three players? So, he is one of three. So, he is okay. one of three. So, there are two other players Barry, that did. Barry Sanders? Nope, not Barry Sanders. Really? I guess, yeah, you yeah, always had shit quarterbacks, didn't he? Um, do, 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 uh, Chris Johnson. Was it Chris Johnson? No, but fun fact about Chris Johnson, he actually has the single season record for the total scrimmage yards in the league. So, all right, I get one more guess. Um, oh, oh, fuck. Who is the Broncos guy that hurt his knee? Damn it. Um, was it him? What's his name? No, Why am I blanking on that? He's not a Broncos guy either. <laughs> oh, shit. What is the guy I'm thinking of? This is so bad that I'm blanking on Clint this. Portis? Uh, Clint Portis? No, not Clint Portis. Terrell the... Davis? Yeah, Terrell Davis. That's what okay. I was thinking of. Yeah. So it's not a Broncos guy either. So actually, this is a Rams guy, Tad. Marshall Falk. Actually, oh, Marshall Falk. The oh, on, on, on turf. And then That's the first bad. guy ever to do one. it. And unfortunately, he has been denied for the Hall of Fame for another year here, which I think is a huge step here. Roger Craig of my San Francisco 49ers did it in his third season. Still never heard of him. Wow, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so those are the three guys there. But just we look at what Christian McCaffrey did in 10 games for the San Francisco 49ers. He dominated the total touches in that offense. He had 211 touches in those 10 games. The next closest had was Jeff Wilson Jr. with 102 touches. Like this is just how much they decided to use him in this offense. And it just, it can't be stated enough that I say this so many times. Like it's just surreal that he's in this offense because it's just a match made in heaven as far as what Kyle Shannon wants to do. Use these guys as far as being multiple uses in the offense, not just as a runner, but as a receiver as well. So, I mean, he's just a perfect fit. He's coming into the prime of his career. And just with the full season now in the offense, going into the offseason as the starter, obviously, just he's going to be able to soak it all up and just be that much more dominant in this offense. Also, you have to look at the fact that they're going to Brock Purdy as their starter. He plays within the offense. So, I think he's going to look for his Christian McCaffrey to sort of find it more often on those swing passes, screen passes, dump offs as well. So, he's going to be very much leverage in the reception uh, game as well, the passing game. So overall, I'm very much on board with you, sort of calling him a fancy MVP. And with that, like I said, I think he'll cross that 1,000-1,000 mark for a second time in his career. Only way he doesn't get there is if he gets hurt, which is a concern very with true. him. Very true. But that's if he does not, the it, thing with anybody, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I bring this up every time we talk about him, but that's why we were freaking out way back last November when he got traded to the 49ers because we're like, this match is way too perfect to be true. Yeah. And it is looking like it. So, now, if he stays healthy, not even all the games. I'm not even saying he has to play all 17. I'm saying if he gets like 15 in there, that's a very real possibility. 100%. 100%. So, all right, Ted, let's close it out with our final segment of the night. And this is rapid fire. So we each got five questions for each other. We're just going to rattle them off each one by so one. Just, just answer. No ex explanation. Quick explanation. Nothing okay. too long, right. obviously, there. But just, yeah. So uh, I'll pass it to you here first to ask your question. So, yeah, let's go with rapid fire here. Well, buddy, you know, I got to go with the rookies. Who will be your surprise fancy rookie of the year? Not fancy MVP, but fancy or uh, uh, rookie MVP, but surprise rookie. Uh, surprisingly for me, I think it's somebody that I've sort of been clamoring for all season long, and that's Jordan Addison. Like, I love the running backs, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, that's but I think Jordan though. Addison... I don't know. I think Jordan Addison in that offense sort of getting behind Justin Jefferson. He gets a lot of the attention there. I think just he's going to get involved enough that he's going to be a very good difference maker. 
Okay, hit me. Or are we going through all of ours? No, first? just you go through all five, and then all I'll right. go through my five. So, remember, we recently uh, took place in a shared long-term draft. It was awful. I did not like it. <laughs> Looking at said draft, who was a player that slipped in that draft that surprised you? Uh, well, I have to pull it up here so I can sort of see it here. But um, I brought this up in the episode before, but, you know, I'm very surprised that Darnell Moody is going as late as he is. I think he's going to supplement DJ Moore really well. Um, I actually ended up drafting him in the 13th round out of 20. So it's like I, I got him in those double-digit rounds. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be a huge difference maker, pairing him up with the legit option on the other side. That's just going to make him that much more valuable, too. So there's one surprising thing. Okay, Amir, what is the worst fantasy trade or waiver wire move you've ever made? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Too many to count. How about that one? So I'm not as big as a trade guy as you are, but I remember uh, this was, I think, a couple seasons ago. It was like Antonio Gates' final year, I think, in the league when he finally decided to retire. And there was a chance for me to either pick up him or... Um, God, I'm blanking on who the other guy was. I want to say it was like James Robinson, if I remember correctly, but it was like a running back of that caliber. And I decided, I was like, nope, I think Antonio Gates, he's proven it. He's been pretty good, even though he was kind of at the twilight of his career. I was like, I'm going to go with Antonio Gates. Even though I had the option to pick that said running back, he ended up being a league winner for like pretty much anybody that ended up picking him up. And I was like, God, this could have been the guy that I had picked up for sure. That's amazing. That's one that I can remember for sure. James Robinson is also my pick. I'm missing out on him. So that, yeah, that tells you how damn good that rookie year was. Yeah. All right. 100%. Two more. Who was the king of the hill last year that was going to take a tumble? So who was a really good player last year who is going to, you know, not be as good this year? Not as I good, would- but like really take a tumble. I've said this before. I'm just not a huge fan of his. Geno Smith. He finished at uh, yeah, number five last year. I just I don't think he's going to replicate that production. I think a lot of people are going to catch on to him. He's going to take a tumble. I think he's going to fall outside the top ten, but we'll see exactly because he's got two legit weapons. So it's a possibility he could stay in that top ten, but nowhere near in the top five for sure. Translate best any way you want. Who is the best fantasy player on the worst team? Best fantasy player on the worst team. I'd probably say Chris Olave with the New Orleans Saints. Like, I just think oh, he's going to bring a lot more to that offense. Like, we obviously know what are we going to expect from Michael Thomas, him being on the sidelines majority of the season. So, Chris Olave is definitely going to step up there. They got more stability at the quarterback position. He's just absolutely going to ball out in a relatively weak offense, surprisingly. Okay. All right. Good answers. All right. All right, you ready for well, your rapid fire? No, here? I am not. I'm not <laughs> this should be fun. This should be fun. So, Dad, let's no, go with number one. Not. Starting, let's say hypothetically, your starting quarterback has to miss a significant amount of time, or they're out for the entire season. Who is the quarterback that you're targeting on the waiver wires? Oh God damn you! Um, <laughs> so pretty Brock much, Purdy. Who's I don't. I don't, you like? I, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to go draft in a whole lot of leagues. I think there's still a lot of unsureness about him. But I mean, we saw, and like we talked about, this offense has proven itself time and time again that it can make basically anyone work. So I think Brock Purdy is a great guy to go after there. Fair enough. Also, Fair enough. also a very weak division. That very true. Very true. All right. Second question. Which team's secondary receiver appeals to you the most in fantasy league? So obviously not the starter like your Jamar Chase, but like your T Higgins, your secondary guys on the team. So the reason I, 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 I'm not laughing at the entry. I'm laughing at the timing of this. Um, because I don't know if he still counts as our secondary receiver anymore. Um, right. Good Lord, is Cortland Sutton's stock skyrocketed oh, okay. the last yeah, couple yeah. weeks. So, I mean, if you're still getting go for a secondary receiver, um, 
yeah, I mean, Corlin Sutton is now the Broncos number one, hence the laugh, because I was like, I don't know if he still counts. But in that I case, all right, well, then let's drop it down from Corlin Sutton. For those of you who say no, it doesn't count, this is a pick you made in said sleeper draft I love. I was actually just Mar- about to bring it up, but go ahead and Marvin bring it up. Mims. Yes. Marvin Mims stuck. My God, you got him in like the 15th fucking round, and now yeah. he has the value, at least for a couple of weeks, of what, like a uh, fifth, sixth round receiver, especially if so. this offense ends up being as good as we think it is. So, like the the Broncos receivers that used to be sleepers are now the top dogs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I like that. Yeah, I'm very much happy with my Marvin Bibb stock right now. It is going through the roof for me for sure. And everyone that I drafted him. All right, let's get to your third question here, Ted. Do you let since you are a commissioner of a league? I don't know how many leagues you're a commissioner of, but obviously I know you're commissioner. Just of your one. First just league. one. Good God, I'm not doing more than one. <laughs> but. Do you let all trades go through if all the league managers or the majority votes for it to go through? And the reason I bring this up is that our good friend of the show, Chauncey Talese, he actually asks this question because he is a commissioner of a league and he wants to avoid collusion. So even if league managers all vote for it, he sort of values the trade as the commissioner and gives it overall ruling. So what are your thoughts on that? I know a very dark comparison. Uh, It released a death penalty, but I'm not going to do that. But um. If it's if it's a case of obvious obvious collusion, absolutely not. That is my job as you know, commissioner, is to exactly. prevent collusion. But if it's truly like a dumb, because this happens with me every year, where people say I make a dumbass trade, and my entire league is like we should veto it, and then you know, because they're all talk, they never actually do it. But like, I think the league should be free to veto it. But if most of them are for it then you know just let things happen but if it's something like i don't know um you let's take your quarterbacks for example geno smith for aaron Rodgers, straight up like okay all right now no 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 stop time 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 and you know what do what roger goodell can't and conduct a good investigation find out what's going on and if the person is good enough to convince you that they're dumb enough to actually pull off that trade i say allow it i don't know if that actually answered your question but no it does that's pretty much the same approach that I take. I think that's the same approach Chauncey takes is that overall, most people actually take inaction in voting. So that's usually what happens. But yeah, if you clear, see, see, clearly see that there's some sort of collusion going on where it's like Joe Burrow for Jarek McKinnon, it's like, okay, yeah, definitely don't make that trade happen. Yeah. Unless clearly the guy thinks that, oh no, Jarek McKinnon is going to blow up and he's way better than Joe Burrow. That's like, all right, you do you, my friend. Then I'll let it go through. <laughs> One thing I've learned as commissioner is people love to be like, no, 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 like the, the, you know, the mob will rise and the second you're like all right fine like act on it they're all like eh and then they'll like put the pitchforks away and you're like all right that's why i fucking thought go away all right for sure all right let's get to your uh, fourth question here ted what is some of your favorite team stacks in fantasy football Mm. Stacks just, being for those of you who don't know, the, the, people out uh, there, drafting players on the same team, players on the same team that you're benefiting from them playing together, obviously, right? So yeah, Bengals is my first pick, and here's why: is because we saw last year. Well, okay, so March, which stack? Receivers. Just the receivers? Like you wouldn't go Burrow, Jamar Chase. You wouldn't go Burrow, Joe. Oh, oh, like, oh, sorry. That's I, 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 want I, I, I want you to specify. I want you to specify. Oh, so I have to limit <laughs> it to two. No, you can go three. You can go three if you want. Mixing scare me a bit. I would say uh, Burrow, Boyd, uh, Chase. Because okay. here's why. is because we saw that when Jamar Chase went down, Boyd can step the fuck up. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of you are like, whoa, what about Higgins? But Boyd's in a contract here. So he's going to be out there. And I'm not saying Jamar Chase is going to be hurt again. But again, like Higgins and Boyd are... Inter- not in terms of skill set, but in terms of production, are almost interchangeable at this point. Either one of them could, you know, fill out that role. So that whole offense is just ridiculous. I would say 
I, w- I want to go Chargers with Herbert, Williams, and Allen, but the problem is those last two are just so entry-prone. Um, oh, God damn you. See, but I have no problem going Herbert, Eckler, and Allen, though. So that's an excellent stack right there. Even Allen, though. I'm, I'm, Allen's getting old, man. Like, I'm not sure if we can believe him All anymore. Right, that's fair. How about this? Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Al- uh, not Alshon Jeffrey. What is going on? Why is my mind transporting me back to 2017? Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. That's, That's a pretty one. solid one, too. That's a pretty solid one, too, there, so for sure. Um, I'm going to give you a sneaky one that possibly could pan out. Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, That's and George Pickett. That's the second one. That's the problem with me. I, I will never be a believer in Najee Harris. I think That's he is fair. so overrated. I think he's going to be a silent killer. A lot of people are going to feel the way you do, that they're just going to let him go by, but he's going to be absolutely dangerous in fantasy football league. So I will say this. If Najee Harris somehow is going, because remember, I do an auction draft. If, if he's going less than 20, you know I'm going after him then. Do it. Do it. Might, All right, Taylor, let's close it out with the final question here, Rapid Fire. So who do you prefer at the flex position, Antonio Gibson or Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks, obviously. Obviously, wow, okay. Obviously. Well, because here's the whole thing is I think the the commanders, the only reason Brian Robinson did not totally take over was because of the whole unfortunate preseason incident. I think he, you know, obviously lost out a lot of valuable training camp time. When he come back, it was like week four or something. Like, he missed out on a like lot. Week five, week six, yeah. Yeah, he missed out. And, you know, you listen to former players talk, that early season time is super valuable because, you know, you can talk up these rookie mini camps all you want, but by the time the entire team is together, that's when you really start learning. So I think that Brian Robinson, who I thought he would be good, I did not think he'd look that good. And Antonio Gibson, I feel like, has just been slowly over the last couple of years losing his spot even before Brian Robinson got there. So I think that uh, while Antonio Gibson, I'm not calling him fantasy bus, we look at Brandon Cooks, that is a number two receiver on a team that, you know, sure, the quarterback may throw a lot of picks, uh, at least according to the people down here, because, woo, they do not like that man. Um, but he still will get enough targets to, good Lord, I almost did it again. I almost said Amari Cooper. <laughs> wow. I'm not even joking. That is the first name that popped up in my head. Um, if CD Lamb goes down, all of a sudden now he's the number one guy that can really stretch the field. So um, I think the upside with Cooks is higher. So I'm going with him. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So that closes out rapid fire and that closes out our special edition of Quick Hits with a fantasy spin. All right, Tad, so that will close out today's episode. We had a lot of good fun, covered a lot of great segments, talking about retro uniforms and, fortunately, Jonathan Taylor news. We got into more bold predictions here, and, of course, we did some fantasy rapid fire as well. Uh, But, guys, we're going to continue on with all the great fantasy content through the rest of this season, as well as in-season. That's where we're getting getting into a routine. We're talking about waiver wire editions and start SID. We're going to talk about DFS, and, obviously, once we get closer to it, trades and all that stuff, guys. So, I mean, we got you covered in-season. Gambling. Gambling too, of course. We're going to talk about some bets as well. We're going to have a special bet episode in the next week or so That's as true. well, talking about some season log bets that you can make. So definitely make sure you tune into that episode. Best way you can find out about all of our episodes that are going to be dropping, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, guys. So whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen right to the LAP Network website as well. Just hit that subscribe button, always up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to your YouTube channel so always up to date with our videos. And you see the ticker down below. Make sure you're 100% interacting with us on Twitter. Twitter at urbanside23, tadside94. You got the show handle at the decide guys and on Instagram at the decide guys as well. So, guys, I mean, seriously, I feel like I can't stress this enough, Ted. And definitely you need to make this plug too. It's just that 
We want to help you in your league. So you oh, need yeah. to interact with us. Ask us all your questions. Doesn't matter what question it is, what type of league you're playing, whatever you're doing, we're here to help you out with all of your fantasy football needs. Get hyper-specific, get hyper-broad. Doesn't matter what it is. We're here to answer all your questions to help you win your respective fantasy football leagues. And guys, make sure, as always, make sure you're subscribing to our Parrot Network, LAFB Network. They got a lot of great content coming your way, covering the college level with the UCS, USC Trojans, excuse me, and the UCLA Bruins, and of course, on the professional level with the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. So lots of great content coming up. College football kickoff is happening this weekend. NFL kickoff is happening in a couple weeks. So, I mean, they got you prepared. We are going to have you prepared on the fantasy level. And to everybody that's interacting with us, reading our articles, listening to the podcast, watching our videos, interacting with us on social media, just anything and everything you're doing to support us, we can't thank you enough. Like a merge set is like the whole, like send us super specific advice that does not end with the draft. It's true. See, anytime I say draft, I just think the 2024 NFL draft, I can't wait. But anyway, even after your fantasy draft is done, if you want to ask us, Hey, should I drop X player for Y player, the waivers, we will break that down. We did that several times. Last we had year. a hypothetical of the rapid fire. Like let's say your quarterback goes out with a significant injury or is out mm-hmm. for the season. Who should you pick up? We will answer that question for you. Just hit mm-hmm. us up. Like I said, we did it multiple times last year, and I'm honest, honest to God, I'm like 90% sure most of them were on tight ends. Just saying. <laughs> but <laughs> waiver stuff, Trey. Oh my goodness, guys. My God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look, our viewers on YouTube, look at me in the eyes. I know it's a little dark. Lighting's not great, but look at me. If you have a trade offer, I trust me, I will listen to it and I will obsess over it for the next few hours and I will give you the best advice. I am the best trader in fantasy football. I am making that. I'm sticking my flag in that claim right now. No one is better at trading than me. I promise you. Okay. So trades, waiver claims, anything else you need with fantasy football. And plus even not fantasy people like Emmer kind of alluded to, we have gambling coming up. I am a Gambling junkie, unfortunately, because I'm a teacher, most of it is hypothetical gambling, but it is still like monopoly was, money. Monopoly money. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Thank <laughs> you. Monopoly money. But I still I put a lot of research into it. So if you are looking for some good experts, and notice how I said experts because the murder does as well. I want to just toot my own horn here. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I, we can't wait to help you out this season. And most of all, please. Stay safe, everyone.